Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Joshua has made a profession. He is going to serve the Lord with all of his heart, both he and his household. He knows the truth, and he wants his life to be founded upon the truth. And we need to ask ourselves, would we walk with Joshua? Would we agree with that same commitment that he has for the Lord, his Savior? that God has demonstrated his faithfulness and now Joshua is calling his family and the children of Israel to walk and respond to the faithfulness of God. Take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Joshua and that last chapter, chapter 24. We began this chapter last week and God willing this week we will conclude this chapter and in doing so the entire book of Joshua. And we see that Joshua, we've learned this in the past, that as he began this message, he knew that his life was coming to an end. And what a blessing it is that when we approach death, we do not fear, but we know the promises of God are true. And we use those final moments that we have left to finish well and to encourage others to walk in faith. This is what Joshua did. Look with me, as I said, to this 24th chapter, and let's begin where we left off last week with that last statement, that famous statement found in verse 15 at the end of that verse where he says, Ve anochi u veti. Navod et Hashem, which means, and I and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, all that he has authority over, he is bringing into service to the Lord. Submissiveness and obedience. That's where spirituality is really seen. Not in what we profess, that's important, but it's whether or not we live according to that profession so he says now let's begin this new section verse 16 and we see the response of the people and we see the response of joshua to the people's response and joshua says something of such significance back to the people let's begin verse 16 where it says the people answered and said, God forbid for us to leave the Lord and to serve other gods. They are making a statement of commitment that they are not going to follow idolaters. They are not going to go after other gods, that they are going to serve God faithfully. Now, here's the problem. They have that commitment, that's well and fine. 
but do they have the spiritual condition that they need in order to carry that out it's wonderful they have that desire but do they have the means to walk to live to behave according to that profession and we're going to see what joshua says in response to them in a moment verse 17 the people continue and they say for the lord is our god for he has brought us up from us up and our fathers from the land of egypt from the house of slaves now most bibles will say the house of slavery but it's literally bet avadim from the house of slaves which he has done meaning god before our eyes and he's done so with great sign these great signs and he has kept us in all the way which we have walked in it and in all the people which we have passed through in the midst of them so god has brought them on this journey and he has caused them to pass through not to be defeated not to be put to death but to pass through all of these locations where one after one they met opposition now this teaches us a very important biblical truth as we walk with god we are going to encounter opposition there's going to be many who stand against the purposes of god but if god is with us and by faith he is when we are in his will we can be assured that god is with us and therefore he is greater than the opposition he will lead us into victory and that's what even the people are forced to acknowledge that god has been faithful that he has brought us up not just out of egypt but through all this journey that they have been on to take possession of the land of israel verse 18. now it's going to begin with a very important word which is to cast out and god has done just that the lord he has cast it out all the peoples the amorites the ones who dwell in the land before us also we will serve the lord for he is our god because of this deliverance because god has brought them into his promise they are responding and this is good they are responding by acknowledging that god is their judge that word elohim oftentimes speaks of god as judge not just a generic name for god but the god who judges now judgment is good because judgment is inherently related to the order of god this is one of the things that the book of revelation truly emphasizes god's judgment comes that is a good thing now of course no one wants to be the recipient of god's judgment and no one has to be because god has sent his son into this world to do what to save the world that invitation is broad it is inclusive god offers it to every nation every people every tribe every language no one has to be excluded 
and let me just pause for a moment and say those who teach about the elect from a a position of reformed theology do not understand the work of god it is heresy and i want to say that very strongly it is heresy to say that messiah's death upon the cross was limited only for the elect it is going to be the ones who are chosen but chosen in messiah that's the phrase that appears over and over and over in these passages dealing with predestination that it's chosen in messiah not god has has chosen whom to be in messiah we don't see that in the scripture we see it's not based upon what we've done it's based upon the promise of god it's based upon his grace absolutely but that grace and that promise is offered there's a broad message of whomsoever this is what the scripture says so this false teaching about messiah's death upon the cross being and let me just simply say calvinists get it all wrong when they speak about a limited atonement why use that word atonement messiah did not die to atone for our sins he died to redeem us and we need to remember that redemption is far superior to that of atonement so when we look and examine reformed theology we see over and over how it does not agree with the scriptures uses terminology that's not in the bible and uses the terms that are in the bible in a perverse and inaccurate way so we see here that the people are saying for he is our god verse 19 and joshua said to the people no now this is a very important response the people say the lord he is god we're not going to fall into idolatry we have acknowledged how god has been faithful to us and we are going to be like you joshua and serve him what does joshua say well look again at verse 19 he says to the people no you are not able to serve the lord why for god he is holy now this is and i appreciate a teaching from the lubavitcher rebbe and what was that teaching he spoke about different times in israel's history when they should have requested messiah they have taken possession of the land by god's grace they have received the faithfulness of god by means of his promise and now what's lacking mashiach remember what moses said in the book of exodus where he is is being called to bring the people into the land and what does moses say you haven't made known to us whom you are going to send now that is the time when moses is asking for king messiah you are bringing us into the kingdom where is the king and what this passage is saying through the words of joshua primarily one word no is that you are not in the spiritual condition to serve god you have experienced a physical redemption yes god has brought you up from the land of bondage but you have not been changed god wanted to do that at har sinai at mount sinai 
but the people rejected that and because of that rejection of regeneration and becoming truly a new creation by faith desiring Mashiach to come and do his work because none of that was done at Mount Sinai the people were still in the flesh as they are now in the end of book of Joshua they should have requested Messiah to come and redeem them and to change them and cause them to be a new creation in redemption but they did not so he said no you are not able to serve the Lord for God he is holy and furthermore he is a jealous God zealous as well for his truth and his commandments is he and he in this current condition where are you going to find forgiveness for he will not lift up your transgressions and your sins god hasn't paid the price yet for that so how do you think that you can carry out his purposes again what joshua is saying is we need messiah now you need to understand your position in your current condition and realize that you need regeneration you need to become that kingdom creation if you're truly going to serve god verse 20 for you will leave the lord your god without redemption in the fullest sense he says you will leave this is a word for abandoning you will leave the lord and you will serve foreign gods and return to the evil that will be to you you are going to experience not goodness and blessings but without this redemption through messiah you are going to return and do evil and what's going to happen and god will bring an end to you after which he has done good for you what's saying is this you are not in the spiritual condition to do good even though god has blessed you even though he has done mighty works as we'll see in a moment nevertheless the people are not ready to serve god they have not experienced that regeneration by faith through the redeeming work of messiah verse 21 and the people said to joshua no now joshua is the man of god he has a testimony of faithfulness joshua has spoken face to face with god god has led him god has directed him god has spoken to him in a unique way similar to that to moses and the people aren't agreeing with joshua not too long ago we finished a study of malachi that is malachi and we see one of the great problems that the people had in that book of prophecy is that they did not agree with god and here we see an example of that where joshua the man of god they are not agreeing with him they say to joshua no for the lord we will serve now i don't doubt their sincerity i just doubt their spiritual condition to carry it out and why do i doubt it because joshua 
also doubts it. He knows that they are not going to be faithful. In fact, Moses in the book of Deuteronomy prophesied that in the age to come, that the people will fall into idolatry and they will go into exile. Verse verse 22. But Joshua said to the people, Witnesses are you against yourself, for you have chosen for yourselves the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now, Joshua is clarifying for them. God's listening. God has heard this this commitment of yours to serve him. You are testifying against yourself that you understand the responsibility, the nature of God, that he has called you to serve him. And you are pledging obedience to that. But here's the problem. When we're not in a new condition, when we're not regenerated, that new creation through Messiah, we can't serve God. Now, we can have a desire to. We can come across the instructions of God and say, yes, they are good, and this is what I'm called to do, and I want to do that. That's what repentance is. But it is only through being born again that we are in the capacity to carry out that that testimony of wanting to serve god and this is what joshua is is revealing to the people verse 23 since they are committed by their words that they have testified against themselves no we will serve god notice what he says verse 23 and now remove the the foreign gods which are in your midst and turn your hearts to the lord the god of israel now i would underline that that verse because this speaks exactly of what we need to do it speaks of how one serves god look at it again he says get rid of those things that are in conflict with the god of israel these foreign gods And then he says, it's the word hatu, which means to incline, to move, to turn, to set. We might say, your hearts to the Lord. And notice what he says, the Lord, the God of Israel. Now, remember, Israel is a kingdom word. When it says the God of Israel, it's speaking about the God of the kingdom. And God is expecting, this is the, the, the message of Joshua. God is expecting that you behave like kingdom people, but the problem is you are not in a kingdom covenant, that new covenant, nor are you a kingdom creation through the blood of the Redeemer. They are ill-equipped to carry out their proclamation. But we, through faith in Yeshua, we, because the Holy Spirit has come and dwelt within us never to leave us, we have an entirely different ability. The power of God, the wisdom of God, the anointing of God is upon every believer. We, through Messiah, could carry this out and we are called to carry it out. That's why I began our our worship service 
with that verse of scripture from from revelation 14 and verse 12 with this is the patience the endurance of the saints with what in the keeping of the commandments and the keeping of the commandments are founded in faith in yeshua this is what we need to be able to persevere endure and to truly serve god this group weren't in that condition look if you would to verse 24 and the people they said to joshua the lord our god we will serve and his voice we will hear and this means to hear with the implication of obey they are testifying this day yes we know god we know who he is this holy god we know his expectations his commandments and we are going to obey him but what's the problem they're not verse 25 because of this proclamation joshua does something he makes a covenant but it's not a new covenant it's not a covenant that is ratified with the blood of the son of god and therefore the people are not going to walk in faithfulness to this covenant look at verse 25 and joshua cut a covenant with the people on that day now i hope you recognize that term let me read the beginning of this verse in hebrew where it says va yikrot yahushua brit joshua cut we might say in english made but in hebrew you have to use that word cut joshua cut a covenant le'am that is to the people meaning with the people or for the people but notice this next phrase beyom hahu now i hope that you know that term beyom hahu on that day always whenever it appears it comes with a foreshadowing of judgment and the people they are entering into a covenant but it's the covenant of Joshua, the son of Nun, not not Yeshua, the son of God. And the people, they are not going to keep that covenant. What does Joshua do? Keep reading in verse 25. And he said to him, meaning to the people, both chuk, law, and mishpat, and judgment. What the law is and what the judgment will be if you don't keep it. And he did that at Shechem, that is at Shechem. Verse 26. And Joshua wrote these words in the book, and notice, the law of God. Now, this foreshadows something. Joshua's writing these words in the book of the law of God. Now, we would expect it to say the law of Moses what this phrase the law of god when we see it elsewhere it's in a kingdom context and this phrase here shows us something that the people they are called to live as kingdom people this is the covenant that they're entering into their obligation that's what i mean by covenant they are obligated at this time to live as kingdom people but they're not in the kingdom condition to do that And it says, second part of verse 26, 
and he took this is still joshua he took a large stone and he set it up there underneath the oak tree which is at the the sanctuary of god that word mikdash the holy place of the lord now there was an oak tree there in shechem at and this would be the tabernacle this is what the use of mikdash is referring to in shechem and we're going to see something very important in the second part of this chapter as we move into the final verses of this book sefer yahushua the book of joshua verse 27 and joshua said to all the people behold that means pay attention behold this stone shall be against you for a witness for it has heard the words all the words of the lord which he has spoken with you and it shall be against you for a testimony or a witness less now it's saying here it is going to testify against you this stone if you notice what it says if you deny god what does it mean to deny god not to acknowledge him in all your ways joshua is saying you today are called to absolute obedience totality god what did he say earlier it's not going to forgive you are going to be held accountable now this is why the work of messiah is so wonderful because i'm still in this body i may be a kingdom creation through the work of the holy spirit his anointing his presence in my life i have been regenerated by faith in the savior but even still in this body we struggle the good news of the new covenant is this that god will remember my sins no more that's not part of the law of moses that's not part of the covenant that joshua cut with the people that day verse verse 28 and joshua sent the people a man meaning everyone to his inheritance so at this time all the tribes went through their respective locations the plot of land that they had received verse 29 and it came about after these things that joshua the son of noon the servant of the lord died and he died at 110 years now this number a hundred is completeness 10 is the basis 10 a hundred a thousand ten thousand it's speaking of that which is in its entirety that which is full and what the scripture is saying by the age of joshua is that this man completely fully in the entirety he obeyed god now does that mean he is perfect no but it means that he was in a very dominant way faithful to god he did what god placed before him and we all need to simply stop right now and say father god we want to be 
like Joshua. Both Joshua, the son of Nun, but even better, Joshua ben Elohim, Yeshua, the son of God. We want to be individuals that, that do your will to the fullest in its entirety, in its totality. So once more, it came about after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, and he was 110 years old. Verse 30, and they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnat Serach, which is in the mountain of Ephraim. Now, that word Ephraim, and remember, words have meaning. And this word Ephraim comes from a word pre, which is fruit. It's in the plural and it speaks of abundant fruitfulness. And that's why Joshua was buried in that place. It was recorded in the scripture in this way. Joshua, his border of his inheritance was that which was exceedingly fruitful. That's what he arrived to. That's the word border. He came to that type of spiritual condition and this area is in the north of mount gaash verse 31. now because of joshua's leadership and those that he trained around him to carry on after his death it says here and israel verse 31 and israel served the lord all the days of yahushua and all the days of the elders which notice they lengthened the days after joshua it was because of them that the days were lengthened what days the days in the land of israel it was because of joshua's faithfulness how he had raised up elders that were true to the word of god that the time of Israel in that land was lengthened. Now, why is that important? Well, I mentioned it earlier. One of the things we know prophetically from the Torah is that Israel is going to forsake God, engage in idolatry, and be cast out of the land. But because of Joshua's influence, that was delayed. That's what this verse is saying at the end of verse 31 it goes on which they knew all the work of the lord which he had done for israel now it's speaking here how god was was known and that's exactly what the word is yet some bibles i believe say experience well this knowledge is an experiential knowledge but they knew that it was God's work. They knew what God had done for them and before them. They witnessed it. That's what it's saying. Verse 32. Now, we're going to see that this book of Joshua ends with a concept, a very important concept, and that is resurrection. It's not simply stated just out of chance or or to simply reveal something to us there's a purpose with this look if you would to verse 32 it says and the bones of yosef 
which they brought up who brought up the children of israel brought up from egypt now this coming up from egypt they were dead in bondage and through the blood of the passover lamb they came up it's a type of resurrection and because of yosef's faith he says i don't want my bones just like his father jacob i don't want my bones left in exile now this shows even after he died he wanted to take his bones to the land of israel this should tell everyone that the land of israel is significant why is his bones well the concept of bones that were buried points to a hope of resurrection so the bones of yosef which the children of israel brought up from egypt they buried them where in shechem where was that the place of worship the place of the tabernacle where the place of the presence of god yosef is saying i want my bones to be with the presence of the lord and it says in the partial of the field which yaakov purchased from the sons of hamor the father of shem and he did so with 100 kasita 100 kasita that word kasita doesn't appear much in the bible but most scholars say it has to do with a measurement of money we might translate it a hundred a hundred pieces of of silver that's how most understand it and we see that that this land became for an inheritance to who the sons of joseph verse 33. now we remember something joseph excuse me joshua was the spiritual leader but he also had a priest by his side one that he trusted one that gave him counsel one that was a blessing to him and who was that the high priest look at verse 33 our last verse and el azar the son of aharon he also died and he was buried they buried him in the hill of Pechas, his son. So Pechas took over after Eleazar, and therefore they buried Eleazar in that parcel of land that was to Pechas, his son, which he had given to him, where? Once more, in the mountain of Ephraim. Whenever you see that word Ephraim, you should be one that understands that that gives a context to that passage it emphasizes the fruitfulness the fruitfulness that we are called to bear we are called by faith through obedience to produce much fruit and my hope is this that our study of the book of joshua which emphasizes really the faithfulness of God to his promises, his covenantal promises. And wisdom demands that we want all of that fulfillment so that it changes us that we might be able to serve God. And the good news is this, through the blood of Yeshua, we can experience eternal redemption, 
we can experience that 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 foretaste of that kingdom that new body through the anointing of the holy spirit that foretaste of that in order that we might serve god we through faith in yeshua can become the servants of god and to do so in totality to do so in obedience complete obedience to the instructions of god wisdom demands that we want to be a person that fulfills god's expectations for our lives that's where commitment should be we should be people praying god what you expect from me i want to do your will your calling your purposes your plans for my life this is what i'm committed to that is the attitude of a true disciple well we'll close with that until next week when we begin a new study from another book of the bible until then shalom well we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org again to find out more about us please visit our website loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Shalom from Israel.